With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the show. Uh, We're going to go deep this morning on West Coast and their veterans. Who should retire? Who should play on? And uh, the first person I'm going to put this to is the West Australian's young gun sports writer, Jordan McArdle. Jordan, welcome to the show. Good morning, Duff. Thanks for having me. Uh, always a pleasure, mate. Um, news overnight, Warren Coford, the strength and conditioning coach at West Coast since 2008, will move on at the end of the season. Is this, do you think, linked to the changes that are coming at the club or do you think this is just coincidence that he's decided to pursue an opportunity at this time? Oh, I think it would certainly have something to do with it and you know, there's probably a lot of pressure that he's facing himself. So maybe he thought it was just that the right time to to go and just ease the ease the pressure on himself because it, it it would not be easy dealing with the injury list that, that West Coast have got. It's unprecedented not only for the club but probably for the NFL, isn't it? So um, I can totally understand his decision to leave, whether it was you know totally his or um, a bit of both parties. I'm not too sure on that, but um, yeah, it feels like it's certainly the first of, of many dominoes to fall over the next two to three months at, at Lafayne. Where do you think most of these changes will come, Geordie? Do you think they'll come from inside the footy department or do you think they'll be um, across the club and will include the administration that, with someone like Trevor Nisbet perhaps very much in the gun? Oh, I think it does feel like it's going to be that um, that across the club feel from you know players to to coaches to administration. I think that there could be you know a bit of everything really. To be honest, you you mentioned the the veteran players earlier. There's you know probably four or five to that that, that would be you know feeling the the pressure right now and obviously thinking long and hard about. Um, I guess their their futures and whether they want you know whether they have the the energy to to stick around for a rebuild because you know it's either it, I'm not sure if it can get any worse than than last week's loss but yeah they they feel like it really really you know rock bottom and you know way worse than than we've ever seen at at such a you know historically proud club so. Um, whether, you know, these sort of three, four, five veterans and, you know, some of the, the coaching staff that have been around for a while, some of the admin staff that have been around for a while, whether whether they have got the got it in them to, to stick around for the rebuild of the, of the quest is, the, is, I guess, the main question they'll be asking themselves right now. So of the ones that I mentioned at the top of the show, so Shannon Hearn, Luke Shuey, Andrew Gaff, Nick Natanui, do you think that all of them will be at the club next year? Oh, I'd be surprised if, uh, if if many of them were. To be honest, I think um, Luke Shuey's come out publicly yesterday and and says he's he's you know keen to play on next year. So um, you know, in the way he played, he was he was probably West Coast best, wasn't he at the at the weekend? So he's um, you know he he certainly got it in him. But whether his his body lets him down or not between now and then, again, um, you know, I think if he has 
you know, one or two more soft tissue injuries between now and the end of the season, he'll, um, you know, he'll strongly consider what what he said yesterday and whether he can go on in, in 2024. But I think if his body's kind to him, he's certainly got, got the ability. He just needs to stay on the park. So um, I think he he could if he's, um, yeah, if he gets a bit more luck on the injury front. But yeah, Nick Natanui doesn't, you know, he hasn't played for so long. Um, you know, just just watching him training before, like probably a few weeks before they they pulled the pin on his year. Fitness-wise, he looks, uh, you know, a long, long way off. So, um, yeah, that's saying he needs to to think about his his injury history has obviously been well well documented. He's um, you know well over thirty now. So, um, yeah, that's going to be uh, I think a really tough one him to come back next year after you know what he's dealt with this year and he obviously his injuries in the past so I think he he feels like he's more unlikely than than likely what about Andrew uh, Gaff you know, to me Andrew Gaff's the interesting one because there's a big contract there I think Shuey won't have a contract unless the club decide to give him one Shannon Hearn won't have a contract unless the club decide to give him one and, and really Shannon Hearn turning 36 in September I think that's a pretty obvious one but Andrew Gaff will oh, definitely yeah Andrew Gaff will have a contract, does have a contract, and it's a big contract. So what do you do there and if you're not, the West Coast Eagles? Yeah, it is a really hard one because it's not like he has much currency left anymore. When when North Melbourne were keen on him a few years ago now, I think um, that would have been you know the, the ideal time in, in hindsight to maybe part ways with him unfortunately or you know get the maximum currency that you could out of him because it feels like it's that little bit too late unfortunately his performances have been you know well below par compared to what we're we're used to from him and you know he's uh you know he is an all-australian back in the day so um yeah i I think unfortunately currency wise uh, he doesn't have much at the moment and yeah it's going to be a tough call because, you know, he's playing purely out of necessity at the moment. There's very, very little depth. I think there was three guys running around in the waffle and um, a couple of those hadn't, you know, played AFL footy. So um, he's, it feels like he is playing purely out of necessity at the moment. If they had a few more troops to, to pick from, he, he might be in the the waffle right now, unfortunately, such as um, his form right now. So I think, um, you know, if they are Really serious about um, about the rebuild and uh, uh, about I guess kickstarting the rebuild. That is probably one one player they you know they may have to to cut ties with earlier, or at least see if there is um, you know is a team that um, that that does want um, you know want him for the the last couple of years of his career. Now. You always follow the 18s really closely, so I know you'll have kept a close eye on this bloke and his development as he's come through and uh, and evolved into an AFL player. Liam Henry on the weekend for Fremantle had a breakout career-best game, I think probably comfortably career-best game. What do you make of him? Where is he at? Is this the start of something better for Liam Henry? Um, do you think he can back this up? Oh, I really hope so. It sounds like he does have some... Some really good people in his corner. He's, uh, you know, been working closely with Justin Longmuir and the, the midfield coach Joel Corey. Um, Nat Fife's been another, you know, player really keen to to unlock the potential of Liam Henry because, you know, we saw it at under 18s level how talented this kid is. He's obviously learning, you know, a bit of a new position on the on the wing this year. So it was always going to take that 
that little bit of time. I've been really impressed with his defensive efforts and, and probably his ball use as well. There was a couple of things that are that were the I guess the knocks on his game, his his defensive efforts and obviously his ability to to target by foot. But I feel like even even in the Giants game he was probably using it a lot better by foot than, than a lot of the other players around him. So I thought that was, you know, a bit of a step forward for him against the Giants in a you know, a, a team that got belted by seventy points. So um, and to, to back that up again at the weekend and, you know, obviously a career best game by a, a very long way if you, if you look at his numbers. Um, I really enjoyed his, you know, his second efforts and, um, you know, he's just hunger to, hunger to find the footy and, and hunt the footy and that sort of thing I thought was, was fantastic. He's got, he had the, uh, I spoke to him after the game and he had the message, what's next, written on his wrist. Um, and that was saying, that was a message that, that Joel Corey used to take into games and, it's all about getting to that next contest and, you know, trying to stay involved in the contest as much as possible, which, you know, probably saying that, that Liam um, hasn't been able to do during his, you know, first few years in the AFL. So I really like the, the message that he's taking into games at the moment. And um, like he said, he wants it to be, a, I guess, a, that performance on Saturday night to be a stepping stone of, of what he can produce at AFL level. So let's hope that gives him a, a real confidence boost it, it you know it hasn't been easy the first few years for him seeing you know those fellow top 10 draft picks in Sarong and Young I think Sarong's played 70 odd games and Hayden Young's about to play his 50th and Liam's only played sort of 34 so um, yeah that that wouldn't be easy on him coming into the AFL that you know top 10 draft pick it's always that um, little bit of extra pressure but you know, let's hope Saturday night was that real coming of age for, for Liam Henry, not only just for himself, but for, for Freo fans as well. So I'm sure you kept a close eye on the State 18s and their victory over South Australia on the weekend in the curtain raiser to the Dockers game. I was very interested in the fact that they played Daniel Curtin as a midfielder. Now, Daniel Curtin, um, to you and me, is probably predominantly a key position player and predominantly a, a, a key defender. So... What did you make of that move, and what comes out of that game? Given he performed very strongly in the midfield. Oh, I like it. I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of Daniel Curtin rolling through the midfield. He's done it once already for Claremont Colts, and probably ended up with with similar sort of numbers. He, he tallied 26 uh, disposals at the at the weekend, six clearances, and and six tackles as well. So yeah, he had a real impact in a, in a midfield that was really beaten up the game before against the Allies obviously lost by 88 points to start the 18s carnival and, and turned it around with a, a 28 point win so it was a really a real statement performance they could have um, you know really dropped their heads after the Allies game and it, it could have been a really tough carnival so credit to you know Ben Dyer and the 18s group and, and Jonesy and all the, all the coaching staff because yeah it could be the difference between you know six or seven guys getting drafted and you know double digits so I think Daniel Curtin really improved his draft stocks we know what he can do as a key defender and he's um, also played a few games as a as a key forward as well so to, to add another string to his bow at at this level we, we, we knew he could already do it at, at Colts level but you know this is obviously a, a massive step up from that against the, the country's best young talent so I think that'll only enhance his draft stocks, and you know maybe he will be the uh, the first West Aussie called out. I think it is probably between him and, and Mitch Edwards at the moment. Obviously, it's going to be hard to look past a, a 207 centimetre ruckman who's already got those um, Tim English comparisons. But 
Yeah, I tell you what, Dan Curtin's versatility is going to make um, some clubs think um, long and hard about him. That's why I'm really keen for West Coast to try and split that pick and get a few West Aussie kids in. If they can, you know, turn a, a Harley Reid into a, a Curtin Edwards and, you know, maybe someone like a Clay Hall who had um, 33 disposals at the weekend and nine clearances and obviously is probably... Um, Probably head and shoulders above the rest for um, for WA's under 18 MVP award after two games as well. So um, I certainly think there's there's plenty of young WA talent to to pick from from a West Coast point of view. And yeah, it was nice to see a lot of them put their best foot forward and obviously enhance their draft credentials at the weekend. So there's a couple of other West Coast um, NGA types, aren't they, that the club can possibly look towards and, and pick up if they get past pick 40. Where would Cohen Livingston sit in draft reckoning at the moment, do you think? Probably um, before Saturday's game, he would have been below that, that 40 mark. But, um, wow, he put in a really good performance on Saturday. was overlooked for the first game against the Allies and, and came out in the Colts and kicked six goals three and took nine marks. So... Um, the knock on his game, well, not really the knock, but they, I guess recruiters hadn't seen enough of him as a key forward and they were a bit worried about his size as a as a ruckman in the AFL. I think he's 199 off the top of my head. So, you know, potentially not that, that sort of pure ruckman size. So I think they, they wanted to see what he could do as a forward. And, yeah, he certainly showed a bit. He, he kicked a goal early on and I think he had five score involvements in the end and, um, you know, did a, did a good job pinch hitting in the ruck when... When Mitch Edwards was was resting up forward, he um, he actually heard his um, he copped a bit of a corky in his quad. Mitch Edwards, so he's he's in doubt for Friday's game against um, Harley Reid and, and Vic Country at the Wacker under lights, which will be an absolute beauty. So Cohen actually had to spend a lot more time in that last sort of quarter and a half in the ruck, and you know showed a lot as well. Not only um, with his tap work, but with his movement around the ground as well to to finish with 17 hit-outs, four clearances and, and 16 disposals to go with his goal was um, was a fantastic effort and I thought he was one of the best. So one of a few West Coast um, NGA prospects rolling around there for, for WA. So um, Oscar Hein-Baston, I thought he did a did a fantastic job down back and, you know, the WA 18s um, coaching staff, especially, you know, Ben Dyer and obviously the, the talent manager, Adam Jones, can't speak highly enough of of Oscar and you know what he's produced in the the first couple of games of the carnival and the the couple of practice matches before that as well. He's um, he's an overager. I think he's one of two overagers in the um, in the WA squad off the off the top of my head. So um, he's from Guildford Grammar and obviously plays his Colts footy at, at Perth, who are undefeated in the Colts at the moment. So yeah, he's putting together a really nice year at the, at the moment across half back. He's um, He's got some really good, I guess, AFL attributes. His speed is uh, is really impressive, but he's also uh, improved the defensive side of his game. He got to got to have a crack on Jack Deline, who's probably one of SA's most talented forwards, and and kept him really quiet. So, yeah, another another big tick for for Oscar. Uh, the third one from a, a West Coast Academy point of view is Lance Collard. He had a bit of a quiet game at at the weekend. Um, just the one disposal and three tackles to his name, but um, in terms of his Colts form, he was, uh, you know, probably one of the the form Colts players in the competition. I think he was leading the the goal kicking in the competition before the 
the 18s trial game sort of started. So, um, yeah, three very different kids, but three talented ones nonetheless. So hopefully um, West Coast find a way to, to fit all three in because obviously the way they're going at the moment, they need as much young talent as they can to, um, to really kickstart this rebuild. Jordan, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Always appreciate your input and uh, look forward to reading more of your stuff on uh, the 18s as the season goes on. No worries, Duff, any time. And I'm glad the, uh, the phone reception was kind to me in Piara Waters this morning. Piara Waters. Ah, yes, where all the good people live. Thanks, Jordy. Talk, talk to <laughs> thanks, you again mate. soon, mate. <laughs> Jordan McArdle giving his thoughts on young blokes that West Coast may be able to target as part of this big rebuild that they are in the midst of at the moment, in the pit, as uh, Adam Simpson likes to say. All right, what do you think? You can have your say on the Temperate Bedshed text line on 0487 736 736. You can call us on the open line on 13 12 55. We'll take a break.